Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest. A couple of special guests on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Anya and Kevin work with the Murder Sheet podcast. They are the forces behind it. And they've been on with us multiple times, specifically talking about this Delphi murder investigation. And the affidavit has been released. We've been talking about that. But today... We're getting some information that there may have been a clerical error that caused a major delay in this investigation. So let's go to Anya and Kevin of the Murder Sheet podcast. Anya, we'll start with you. Uh, You guys have been ahead of the game in terms of information on this trial. You've been doing all the legwork, the groundwork. Take me through this clerical error and what exactly happened here. Uh, Well, first of all, thanks so much for having us on and for that lovely compliment. Um, Basically, what we've been doing is looking into why exactly has it taken from 2017 to 2022 uh, for authorities to seemingly circle back to Richard Allen when he basically placed himself at, you know, around the scene of the crime back when it first happened. And what we were able to get confirmed through multiple sources is that some sort of clerical error played into this delay. Uh, what we found was that a civilian employee of the FBI may have made a clerical error, misfiled something, and essentially that resulted in the Richard Allen lead kind of getting uh, forgotten, essentially, or kind of you know, sinking to the bottom uh, because it was not properly filed and could not be necessarily properly reviewed. And what we understand happened in 2022 to change that is that essentially uh, someone affiliated with the investigation was going back through old information and discovered that this had been misfiled and was able to sort of resurrect it in terms of, um, you know, basically saying we need to we need to take a second look at this and this goes back to uh something we've already talked about on the air but richard allen the suspect in the killings he was interviewed by police i believe back in 2017 and you're telling us that that interview was something happened to it it was misfiled there was some sort of clerical error and it wasn't until the investigators were going through all of their previous steps that they realized this That's our understanding, essentially, and we don't necessarily know exactly how the clerical error happened or what specifically happened, Uh, but we know, I mean, it was certainly not somebody with bad intentions. It was just a human error sort of unfortunately having these consequences. Yeah, and there's been a lot of speculation that they've had this guy on the radar for a long time, and that's just not true because the information pertaining to him was misfiled and it was not rediscovered until relatively recently. Yeah, I remember asking you guys a couple of weeks ago when they arrested Richard Allen, it, you know, how surprised, how shocked you were. Had you ever heard of this guy before? And, and either one of you two had, had really ever heard of him before and were kind of surprised this, is, this was the suspect. It, it does seem like there have been a lot of bumps in this investigation, so to speak. Would you agree with that? 
Yes, and and we certainly don't say that to be critical of the investigation. I think we uh, we really respect the work the investigators sure. are doing. There's a lot of passion there. There's these people want justice for Abby and Libby. That being said, when you have something that you know certainly sprawls across multiple agencies and multiple years. I think there just becomes more room for possible errors like this where, you know, it's just a big sprawling investigation. They're getting so many tips pouring in, some of which are credible, some of which are not. And when you have that sort of fire hose of information coming at an investigation, even if everybody is firing on all cylinders, if some small thing slips through the cracks like this, it can have unintended consequences. We've talked about clerical errors on this show before, because here in Marion County, we've seen spelling errors end up putting bad guys back out on the streets. Uh, it feels like this has happened multiple times. Is this a normal thing? Just using your legal background here, your legal expertise, is this type of thing normal? Because it feels like we've been hearing about it quite a bit in the news cycle the last couple of years. Uh, it, it's not uh, entirely unusual. Uh, anytime something like this happens, it's very frustrating. But as long as you have any endeavor worked on by human beings, it's going to be, unfortunately, human error. And even if you have the right information, the actionable information is not going to be much good if you have it misfiled or don't have access to it. Ani and Kevin from Murder Sheet Podcast here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So a couple of days ago, the judge in the Delphi hearings released the unsealed or uh, unsealed the uh, affidavit what stuck out to you the most was it was it the bullet or the cartridge casing that was found or was it something else i think kevin and i we're definitely not firearms experts so we don't really know what to make of the possible bullet evidence at this point but i think for me what was very interesting is that you do have Richard Allen placing himself at the scene back in 2017. By his own admission, he's out there. He's wandering the trails at the time that they're looking at. And I think that's kind of interesting for me. Some of the witness statements sort of, you know, not many people really seem to see this guy's face or be able to definitively say that's Richard Allen. But you do have Richard Allen himself saying, no, that was me. I was there. One thing that jumped out at me more directly related to the bullet is, they were able to tie it to his gun after they did a search on his house and recovered the gun. I would be very curious to see the probable cause affidavit that led to the search. In other words, what information did they have that led them to believe that specific gun would be in the house? Because if they did not have a strong probable cause, I would be concerned that that might be potentially suppressed. Kevin, are you surprised we didn't get any sort of lead or information on somebody else being involved in this? Because the prosecution, uh, they claimed they wanted this affidavit sealed because there might be somebody else involved. We didn't get the feel of that with the information that we received the other day. Was that a surprise? That was a bit of a surprise. They made a big deal, as you say. We can't release this because it compromises an ongoing investigation. And then we look at this affidavit, and we have lots of witnesses in there talking about seeing one person. We see one person before the murders, and there's somebody saying, I saw a person after the murders with blood on them. There's no talk of a second person. And so the obvious question that comes to mind is, if there's other people 
involved with this crime, as the prosecutor suggests, does it mean that they were not actually there on the scene? And were they involved in uh, a different, more indirect way? What kind of legal avenues could the attorneys go down, uh, the Richard Allen's attorneys, like in terms of a defense? What, how do you see them prepping a defense of their client at this point? Well, at this point, based on what we have, yeah. Uh, all we know is what's in the probable cause affidavit, and the, the strongest evidence in there is the bullet. So one thing to do is they could possibly try to get it suppressed by saying they didn't have the probable cause to do this search. Another way they could deal with that evidence is in the affidavit itself. It, it says that the identification of this bullet with Allen's gun is subjective. That means it's not a sure thing. So what does that mean? Uh, I would imagine they would get some experts to go on and say, well, this identification isn't as strong as the prosecution is trying to make you think it is. Do you think they'll get that change of venue? I'm sorry, Anya. Do you think they'll get that change of venue? I think it's likely that they will because uh, Delphi is such a small community. I imagine that almost anyone in that town has some sort of connection either to the family or to one of the investigators. They mentioned in the uh, motion that 300 people participated in the search. A lot of people in that town have a direct emotional investment in this case. I was just going to say that uh, in terms of the defense attorneys in this case, it's Brad Rosie and Andrew Baldwin. And these men both have very um, strong reputations in the legal field in terms of criminal defense. And I think that's important to remember that they're going to be very much strenuously attempting to kind of pick apart the case against their clients. So if prosecution wants to make this stick, they're they're really going to be having to, you know, shore up everything and ensure that that bullet evidence is completely solid and is going to be staying in. Uh, and, and, you know, because the defense, it's their job to basically just poke holes. Last thing here before we let you go, what are we looking at next? What's the next big story in regards to this investigation? Well, the next thing coming up is they... It needs to be a hearing uh, to determine whether or not that change of venue motion will be granted. Also, uh, a week or so back, the prosecutor filed a motion for a gag order. So there needs to be a hearing to determine whether or not that gag order will be granted. And it's entirely possible both those hearings would be held on the same day. Beyond that, we have a hearing coming up in February on whether or not Richard Allen will be given some sort of bail. And, and outside of Richard Allen, uh, to kind of bring up an old familiar name, uh, Kagan Klein has a hearing coming up in December, and we'll be certainly looking at that with interest and in seeing if there are there any developments there that can kind of give us an indication of you know how how that's going. Anya and Kevin, they are with the Murder Sheet podcast. They've been doing great work covering this Delphi story every step of the way. Anya, Kevin, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, you guys. We really appreciate it.